Alright. Alright guys, this is our first sports podcast. It's uh, me, Justin Martinez. We got Rolando Zamora and we got Ben Diaz. We're gonna be talking sports all the way through and uh, anything that entertains us throughout the week. Alright, we're starting up. Here we go, NFL draft. We're gonna talk about um, I'm gonna keep off for rolling first. We're gonna be talking about the virtual draft. What do you guys um what do you guys see the potential of the virtual draft? Do you think we're gonna see anything different? We're gonna see uh, um a long time being taken over as far as making these picks. Mm. We see, are we going to see it like a, a lot faster? What's your thoughts? I Roland? think a lot of it. I think a lot of it depends on just how well the technology works, which I think it should be, you know, top end technology. So I think it'll go by just just as fast. But the one thing that we were talking about off air before uh, we came online today was whether or not we we're going to see the same amount of trades or movement in the draft. Just because, as you know, we can't have more than ten people in a room. So there's already been talk about teams not being in the same room, like the war room. There's not going to be a war room this year. You know, there's going to be a bunch of guys talking on Skype or Zoom meetings, kind of like we are doing right now. So I don't know the communication intra team is going to be there. So I, I don't know if guys are going to be inclined to make as many moves as they, as they once used to. So that's the one change that I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing in the virtual draft. So I don't know what Ben thinks about that, but uh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know that the the virtual draft's going to affect trade so much just because of the conference calls and things. I just, it's all telephone. It's, I don't know. It, they're not really meeting in person. I understand not all the teams being in there. Um, I could see ways that it could affect it. I was, I was pumped to see it in Vegas, man. I thought it was going to be like a whole spectacle. I, they were going to go off. The way the coronavirus, man. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it's like a bummer, but then it's like the best thing that we're getting sports-wise. So it's like, hey, however you're going to do it, let's just get it done. I'm, I'm excited for the draft. My Texans don't have a pick in the first round, so it's like, uh, yeah, what, what can we do, right? But I'm excited to see where a lot of these players that I've been watching in college go. So, um, virtual draft, I'm excited for it, and I don't know what to expect. I'm definitely That's excited good. for it as well. I think um, it could slow them down as far as the process goes, you know, having to do everything virtually, talking to your whole team, not being in the same room. That, that could take some time. Um, I think it's not going to have an effect on trades. I think NFL teams, for the most part, already know what they want to do, know who they want to pick, and they have the big board ready for a reason. So I don't think we're going to see much of an effect on there. My question is, do the draftees still dress up? Are you going to be sitting at home with the tux, or are you just going to be in a casual uh, outfit? I don't know. We'll I, see. I'd be, in a, I'd be in a casual outfit myself. I'm, I, I if I'm home, I'm in a tux. casual outfit. I'm not in a tux. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty funny to see Roger Goodell uh, running the draft from his basement. <laughs> that's where he's going to be doing it from. Hey, so. well, with with the way things are going and them wanting to open things up quick, let's see if some news doesn't break midweek. You know, the draft's still on the weekend, so maybe things could change. I'm sure the setting of the draft and all that isn't going to change, but as far as everybody's availability in the same spot, I guess, maybe it could change. You see if they yes, add uh, any addendum to the rules or anything like that. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. All right, the next thing we want to talk about is um, sleeper picks. What do you guys have? Who's a sleeper pick right now? Uh, I don't know if I necessarily have a, a sleeper pick in the draft per se, but definitely one person that I'm looking for 
kind of to win like rookie of the year. Kind of that's how I looked at the draft in terms of sleepers was I think whoever, whatever receiver lands with the Raiders, I think is going to win rookie of the year, whether that's CD lamb or Jerry Judy, I think they're going to step into a high powered offense. They already have a good running back and they're going to be looking for a number one receiver. They just lost Amari Cooper. They had Antonio Brown who never came through. They were relying really on Darren Waller and guys like Tyrell Williams. He's not a true number one, but he's a guy who's going to, you know, he, he can take the top off the defense. He has that speed for you, but he's not a number one. So I think whoever gets drafted is going to be asked to be the number one. They're going to get a lot of targets. Hopefully that translates to a lot of yards and touchdowns. So if I were to pick a guy, uh, I'd probably have to go with, with C.D. Lamb um, if he's going to get drafted by the Raiders, who I, I like to win Rookie of the Year uh, this year. All right. What about you, Ben? Shoot, I, I don't have much expectations, but one guy that I, I – like Roland, I thought that – I was thinking whatever receiver the 49ers draft with their with their top pick. Okay. So I was thinking whatever receiver they got, but then I drafted on my Madden franchise, Travis Etienne, and he's a beast. See, so yeah, he's not like, coming out, though. He's yeah, not coming I, know. Out. I don't know how he got in that and, franchise. And then and then and then y'all told me he wasn't coming out. That's the guy who I was that's the guy who I was excited for. But no, honestly, for offensive rookie of the year, I think it's gonna be a receiver. Uh, Roland made a good point about the Raiders. I didn't even think about that, and that's because they got to air it out and they don't have many weapons. So, yeah. but for sh- for sure, I think it's going to be a receiver that that's going to get a rookie of the year this coming. If not, if not Joe Burrow, if not Joe yeah. Burrow, oh, I, I do got a I got a sleeper pick. Um, Michael Pittman, USC. Okay. I don't okay. think he's that's getting the receiver, love that right? he needs. Receiver. He's six four. I mean he he's got all the tools. I don't know. I don't know why he's not getting the love. But it's an extremely uh, deep class. So it is. It's even a if he's getting in the class. second round, it's, okay. it's not anything I, to be ashamed of. That's where he's projected right now. But I, I just I see him as a top five receiver. I really do. Where is he projected right now? The second round. Okay. Dang. Yeah. Uh, another good one would be whatever receiver the Eagles draft because they're going to be getting work. Yeah, they're going to need a receiver. I think they're relying right now on uh, Alshon Jeffrey and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So, well, I think uh, they Deshaun definitely Jackson's could use some still help. coming back, but he was injured all last year. Awesome. But yeah. um, how, rel- how reliable is he going to be You know, at his age now? Yeah, He'll give him a couple of games. He always gives Philly a couple games. He'll always be a burner for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, they definitely need another number one out there. And, and a young know. guy. A young guy because all those guys are older. Except for our Sega Whiteside. All right, what about the defensive side of the ball? Who do you guys have as the uh, rookie of the year there? Mm, I, I think, obviously, you got a couple of guys at the top of the draft who are going to be candidates uh, just right out the gate, and Isaiah Simmons and, and Chase Young and um, Okuda. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name out of Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, but if I, were picking, if I were picking outside of that group, I'd probably have to go with uh, Kenneth Murray or... Um, Blanking out on his name, the linebacker from LSU, the middle linebacker. Chase he has really good ball instinct. No, uh, let me see. I had his name written down somewhere. I'm just I'm blanking out on it right now. Uh, let me see if I can find it quickly. Oh, Patrick Queen. There okay. you go, Patrick Queen. He's a middle linebacker out of LSU. Uh, both guys have good ball instincts. The reason why I said Murray first, though, is because he has that sideline to sideline speed. And he, pl- he plays middle linebacker. He can play any of those positions, uh, outside or inside. So he'd be one sleeper guy that's outside of the top 10 that I would like to sneak in and, and possibly win defensive uh, rookie of the year. I think depending he was, where he gets picked. Uh, Murray was a three star coming out of high school. 
Yeah, and, and he played at Oklahoma, and, and looks, they're not really known lately amazing. for throwing out defenders. All the yeah. time he played, it's amazing. He was super fast. What about you, Ben? I don't think that there's a dark horse or a sleeper. I think this. I'm going to keep the same trend of the past couple of years. Defensive end, bro. Chase Young. It's, Chase Young. I mean, it's his to lose. Put it's it his to lose. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I see. You. Should be the favorite. It's his to game. lose, and I don't. I don't see him losing it. So. Yeah, I'm going to save my dark horse, and I'm just going to pick the obvious pick and go Chase Young to follow what T.J. Watt did and Bosa did. It's just been defensive ends getting it lately. All right, well, on, on to the next one. Let's, let's talk about Tua. Um, if Tua, Tua doesn't get hurt, are we talking Joe Burrow over Tua for the first for the first overall pick? Uh, probably not. I, I think if I didn't mean to cut you off there, Justin, but I, I think if Tua has a healthy season and he plays all 13 or 14 games, depending on where they ended up in the national championship scenario, I, I think he's the number one pick. I mean, even the games that he played, I think he only played nine games and put up 33 touchdowns and like two or three interceptions. So he was still on pace to be the number one pick. Injuries just got in his way, and, you know, no uh, slight to Joe Burrow, but he completely balled out his last year there at LSU, the only year that he had there at LSU. He did everything perfectly. He went 15-0, and won a national championship, won the Heisman, uh, did himself a huge favor. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I definitely think, to answer your first question, if Tua's healthy, he's the number one pick, uh, no doubt. I'm I see you there. What do you, what do you want to say? I'm going to disagree only because of the season Joe Burrow had. Like you said, I think regardless if Tua was healthy and Joe Burrow has that season, he's winning the national title. He's winning the Heisman over Tua, even if Tua is healthy. So, like, I don't know. I, I think it's it's always the hot guy that, that's coming off that season as far as quarterback goes. Like, random dudes just shoot up. It's, yeah. it's, it's always weird. And the injury stuff definitely didn't help him for sure. But healthy, I just didn't see Alabama winning the national title. So I I figured the, if the quarterback that's winning the national title and had an undefeated season and beat Alabama, that they were just going to go with Joe Burrow. And he balled out, dude. So I'm excited for Joe Burrow. Yeah, he did. All right. If you're the GM, he, are you picking Tua? Or is it just too much, too much injury for you to pick? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm just really high on Tua, so I'm probably the wrong guy to be asking because I'm all in on Tua at this point. So I, I think you need to take him because let's say, like, for example, you know, the, the hot topic right now that everybody's been talking about the last week. And I think we're just really at that point where there's nothing else to talk about. So we're going to talk about anything and everything and <laughs> nitpick everything. Yeah. Is uh, is Tua going to go to the Dolphins, which had seemed to be like a lock the past couple of weeks and early on in the process up until lately. Uh, now there's a discussion of where is he going to land, five with the Dolphins or six with the Chargers. The last spot that you want to be in is the Miami Dolphins passing on Tua. You take Justin Herbert and you see Tua go to the Chargers and have instant success or have some form of success that's considered better than what you had. I mean, that's the risk that you run in, in these things when you're in these type of positions as a general manager, but that's the last thing that you want because – if you think about it, injuries aside, it's not even close who should be drafted at number five. It's it's Tua all day and all night over over Justin Herbert from what I've seen. No offense to Justin Herbert. I think he's a good quarterback. I, I think he has potential. But just based on what we've seen, injuries aside, Tua's the guy. You don't want to pass up on Tua because you're scared of the injuries and then see him go and be healthy 
and win divisions and win a Super Bowl and be successful with another team. You don't want to be that general manager. So, so that's you, that's my answer. Upside over the injury problem. Definitely, definitely. Right. Yeah. Uh, my thought process to it is if I'm the Dolphins at five and I'm the GM for the Dolphins at five, it's definitely a harder choice than if I'm the Chargers GM at six and the Dolphins already had to pick between Herbert and Tua. Because give me Tua over Herbert for sure. But Herbert has no injury issues, and Tua does. In a perfect world, yeah, I would take Tua, right? But if the Dolphins take Herbert and I'm the Chargers GM, I can't go wrong picking Tua nope. because that's what everybody's going to nope. want anyway. And that's if he perfect fails, scenario. yeah, exactly. It's the perfect scenario. So to me, it depends what I pick him. I think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft, so I will definitely pick him over any of the other quarterbacks. But like I said, that position-wise, it makes a huge difference. Like, the Dolphins GM could look like a dummy for drafting two and him busting, and the Chargers GM would still be okay drafting two at six after the Dolphins took Herbert and him busting. It would be like a he fell in your lap kind exactly. of scenario. Yeah, exactly. like you have to take him. yeah for it's sure. Good. It could take, I agree. Good take. All right, let's move on to the next subject. We're going to talk our favorite draft props. Roland, you want to go ahead and tell me what are your favorite draft props? Yeah, th this is one that, you know, you and I, we were actually talking about a little bit before that I think you and I are both kind of on the same page on this one. And, and this is probably going to be my favorite. I have a couple here, but just to start off with my favorite, it would be uh, we just got done talking a little bit about him is uh, Justin Herbert over five and a half. I really do think that the, the last couple of weeks of talk of him uh, going to the Dolphins at five is just smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I think people have nothing left. Uh, better to do other than talk about, you know, what could possibly happen. I mean, we're in a quarantine and, you know, people usually do that to begin with. So, you know, multiply that by two or three times and, you know, that's the scenario that we have today. So I think Justin Herbert over five and a half, that means that he has to be taken at six or, I mean, yes, yeah, six and beyond for that, that pick to cash. So uh, that that's what I'm rolling with is my strongest uh, prop. Um, prop pick. For I'm with that. I have him going to the uh, Jaguars. That's where I have him at. You been? So, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't looked much into the props, to be honest, but I had a question. I was going to say, so out of uh, the top five picks, you think at most only two QBs get taken, right? Yeah, I, I think two QBs get taken in the top five and Tua and Joe Burrow. So two, three, two, three and four is uh, Detroit. Detroit, which uh, I'm thinking Okuda. Washington taking Chase Young at number two. Right. That's, yeah. Chase Young. At Washington who's at four? Who's at the number fourth four? pick is the uh, New York Giants. And they've been linked to Simmons. a couple of guys. Offensive line. Isaiah Simmons is uh, the main guy they've been linked to. Clemson. <clears throat> On all of those teams, honestly, the, the Giants might seem the most set at QB. But yeah, I, I wouldn't that. rule out. I wouldn't rule out. It would definitely be a wild card. But for the Lions or even the Redskins, I know that they said the Redskins, the owner, really likes uh, the quarterback that they drafted last year out of Ohio State. But, but everybody else says that the dude's not ready. You know what I mean? Sure. His play didn't look the best. So I don't know. Uh, I definitely, those teams just, they have a QB in place in Matthew Stafford. Obviously a little bit older, but you don't know if they're, if they're trying to replace him. And then the other team in the Redskins, they just drafted a quarterback. Would they waste another top-end pick on a quarterback? So it, it is a little tricky, but there is 
there is maybe like uh, routes where maybe more than two quarterbacks get picked. Just trying to uh, play yeah, I, I think definitely one of the teams that you mentioned it's a wild card in there and i think it's just because they've always been a, a dysfunctional kind of franchise and i'm just kind of speaking as a cowboys fan here but the redskins you you, you don't know what they're going to do really i mean the consensus has been to take chase young but just like you mentioned Dwayne haskins it's he's a big question mark right now i like him personally i think in the right system you give him time to develop and whatnot. I think he can be a pretty good quarterback for you, but that's not the name of the game today in the NFL. You need production now, and then we just talked about GMs. I mean, those are jobs on the line right there, guys linked to Haskins. I mean, some guy might want to try and save his job and draft another quarterback instead of being linked to Haskins and his success. So I think the Redskins right. are definitely a wild card, but Chase Young is just too much of a monster to, to pass up. He's a complete game changer. I know the quarterback position is... It is very, very, very important. I think it's the number one position on the field. I mean, they touch the ball every play, but in terms of a def uh, defensive importance, if you have a guy that's wreaking havoc on the edge each and every play, I mean, you have to double-team him. That opens up the, the field for your defensive tackles, your other end on the opposite side. Yeah. Chase Young can definitely be that kind of guy uh, for and you. That's just I guess a game-changer. Tua going at two would just be crazy with – the bill it could happen. I, it could happen. I, I think the the Redskins are a wild card team. Just to, um, but I, would, to talk would, a, would Tua at would Tua going at two to the Redskins be crazier than the Giants taking Daniel Jones? Would you be more surprised, or would that Daniel Jones pick still be more surprising than Tua going number two? Nothing that the Giants do surprises me. I think they're crazy. So, I don't know. I, but I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. So. No, what I was just going to say as far as you are saying with Chase Young, if he goes to the Redskins, is that the best D-line in the NFL right then and there? Oh, who else do they have um, on, on the D-line? They have um, the other Alabama kid, Jason Allen, and the defensive tackle from Alabama. That's right. Uh, I think they have the potential, definitely, to wreak havoc. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just need to see Kerrigan? Chase Young produce. I think Kerrigan, he's getting older. Kerrigan, there you go. That, that's the, the name that I was looking for. I, I think they definitely have a stout defensive line. I, I'd be a little hard-pressed to say the best in the league. But if Chase Young's that, that guy that everybody thinks he is, definitely see them being a top-end unit yeah. in the league. They had a pretty good defense as it was last year. It's just that they couldn't put up many points. We'll see what they do this year. I know Haskins didn't have that great of a year, but with a whole another year ahead of him, we'll see what happens. I, I would not, I would not move forward uh, with that dude at QB. Like, I, I just don't think that you have a chance. But I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a Redskins fan, so I can't not, not even Redskins, but just a fan of Haskins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, he's an Ohio State guy, so you know, I kind of, kind of like him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the next topic is uh, the NFL Factory Alabama. Are they going to have more than five first-round picks this year, or are they going to be under? Automatic, yes. I'd, over. No, I'd say they'd over. be under this year. Yeah, I'd say they're under this oh, year. Right at five. Yeah, I think they have three, three sure-fired. Uh, four sure-fired when you consider the offensive linemen. 
um, that they have there. I'm blanking out on his name, but definitely the two receivers, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, are getting drafted first round. Tua, we just spent a whole couple of minutes talking about him. That's three. The other, I think the wild card that kind of gets you there is potentially Trayvon Diggs, but cornerback is also one of those positions that's really deep, and a lot of teams could decide just to wait till later on in the draft. So I see him more as like a second round draft pick. Uh, but I definitely, I, I see the argument for under a five and a half here. That, if I were to bet on that one, that's kind of where I'd place my money. I'm at five, straight at five. I'm, I'm, I'm just going out of over. I was seeing uh, uh, earlier today when I, was looking, when I was looking around at mocks, I did see the Cowboys, y'all's beloved Cowboys, <laughs> taking one of the safeties out of Alabama. Oh, yeah, Xavier McKinney. Yeah, yeah, McKinney. So I don't I like know, man. They're, they're, they have potential. Like they could go under five, but they could also get seven guys with the potential that the, the defensive players have. They they have a DB yeah, going I, the first round every year. I don't I don't expect that to change. All right. Uh, what's the last prop bet you had coming into this? The last prop bet that I had for the NFL draft, and we spoke about him a little bit earlier, uh, being linked to the Giants, was Isaiah Simmons under six and a half. I, I really think that the the only option, the only other p- option that the the Giants could possibly go in in my mind, and again we could be wrong because just looking at mock drafts each year, they're they're never really true yeah. uh, to form, but. Um, the only other position they could take is an offensive lineman in my position. They have too many holes on defense, and Isaiah Simmons can fix one or two of those holes depending how you utilize him. He, the The term has been thrown a lot, thrown around a lot with him of being an Army Swiss knife. Hmm. You can play him at linebacker. You can play him at either safety position. He's kind of like a rover, um, if you will, kind of that X factor on your defense that can, like I said, fill multiple holes for your defense yeah. that you, you were struggling at previously. So I like Isaiah Simmons under six and a half. If he doesn't go to the Giants, I could see another team possibly like the Chargers uh, taking him. I know we're, we're talking about the Chargers at uh, taking a quarterback at six, but I can also see an argument for him uh, getting drafted there at, um, at the sixth spot and cashing in that bet of under six and a half. Um, so that's the, the other prop bet that I like a lot. Uh, as far as Simmons, I, I do like him. I think he's going to be linked to the Giants. Kind of reminds me of Mark Barron a little bit. You know, he was a safety first. Yeah. They got a little bit bigger. Now he's, an, he's a linebacker. He has the speed. As far as we all saw that 40-yard dash. Uh, I, I don't see them, the Giants going offensive this year. They're going to pick uh, Simmons. And I think they've addressed the offensive line, too, in a couple of different moves. I think they drafted offensive line last year and getting that Hernandez uh, gentleman guy. out of yeah. UTEP. Um, and they let go of Flowers, obviously, and I think they signed some other free agents. So uh, I think that opens it up for Isaiah Simmons to get drafted there for sure at four. You got anything, Ben, on this one? Yeah, I think that it sounds good, and that's that 40 time. That whenever defenders have that fast 40 time, especially for a linebacker, they tend to go very high in the draft. So offensive lineman is a possibility for the Giants because their old line was trash last year. And if they're trying to preserve any life on Saquon Barkley, they definitely got to get and they're and they're a young QB now too. I would say some O line, but you you can't always pass up on guys like that. Like Roland said, that could play multiple positions. Uh, they don't they don't come around every draft, so and it's going to be close. But I like it. 
Man, I'm just excited for some football talk, man. I'm I'm tired of no sports <laughs> being around. I'm I'm just excited for the draft. Just talking about this excites me. So yeah. one of the uh, problems I was talking about as a joke is, do we see more than nine people in a room during the social distancing <laughs> time? I'd hope I not. For sure, I hope not, bro. I think for sure you do. I think, yeah, I think there's some families that don't care. Florida doesn't there. care about anything. Yeah, there's some families that just don't care for sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Hey, uh, something. Speaking about Florida, the Jaguars. Um, I don't know if you all saw, but Fournette was lobbying for the Jaguars to bring in Cam Newton. Yeah. You know, like for a little QB competition. Yeah. And then today, I saw that the Jaguars are shopping around Leonard Fournette. <laughs> so, like, yeah. what? Yeah, I saw that today too. And he's not even owed that much money, bro. I don't Something know. Like I four, think four point some million. I, I, yeah, but. Go ahead, Robert. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to say that the whole thing that I, that I think with the whole running back situation, I, I don't know if it's just so much on Leonard Fournette. I don't think he does himself any favors in terms of how outspoken he is. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I like him. I don't think he's wrong in a lot of the things that he says, but that rubs ownership wrong a lot of the times. But the other thing that I was going to say is uh, with running backs in general, the, the hot thing that you hear people talking about is – Oh, look at, you know, the Super Bowl winners of the past couple of years. They're doing it with non-high-end running backs, you know, guys that you don't have to spend a first-round pick on. You look at Damian Williams, where he was drafted, and, you know, what uh, the Chiefs spend on him. Uh, The Patriots, I think um, James White was their lead guy um, when they won their Super Bowls. Um, I mean the, the Eagles. Years. The Eagles too. I don't. I don't even know who their running back was. It might have been a Jai at that time. Yeah, a Jai, and then they had Corey Clement. You know, they did yeah. it with a stable of guys. They so, did a few guys um, during that Eagles run. I, I think a lot of teams are seeing that and they're thinking, well, maybe I don't have to keep Leonard Fournette around. Maybe he is expendable. I wouldn't trade him because I think he's an ultra talented guy. I, I like him a lot. I don't think you trade high end guys unless there's an injury concern, like with uh, Todd Gurley, but. Um, Leonard Fournette, yeah, Ben, I, I think that's a little surprising, you know, just you're talking about, hey, let's bring in Cam Newton, he's, you know, he's yeah. wanting to be board, part right? of the team, yeah, yeah he's on board, board. He, he wants the team to work, and then you hear about you being included in trades, but I think it's also because they look at owing him a certain amount of money and not wanting to pay him, so, I don't know, it's interesting, but uh, I think it's a, a wider trend to follow, and I think we'll see that in the draft also, since we're finishing up talking about the draft. Uh, with the number of running backs that are taken in the first round, I think we're, we might see one taken because uh, I don't think there's too many high-end guys and NFL personnel or NFL uh, front offices just think that uh, they can wait on a guy and they don't need the top-end guy anymore. So you think we'll it's see. only Swift? Yeah, I think Swift. If there's going to be a guy that goes, it'll be Swift, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be Swift if it's a running back going in the first as far as the Fournette situation, him and the Jaguars always had a shaky relationship. I know they tried to get uh, recover some of that money back that on a bonus they owed him a few years back. I don't know if you oh, yeah. that. So I guess I don't know if he should really feel like that's home right now. <laughs> I'm so thankful they're in the Texans division, man. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Like, it's crazy, bro. Like, Bill O'Brien's a clown, and yet he's won the division four out of the last five years because – some of these other teams are being managed even worse, bro. It's our, terrible. Our next topic is Texans and Cowboys. Who do we want our team to pick? 
I'll let you go first, Ben, since y'all yeah. have the first round pick. Who do you want in the second round? In the second round, I think that we're good on receivers for getting cooks as far as depth-wise. Okay. Now, if they stay healthy, is a whole nother thing. But I don't think that they should waste a second round pick on another receiver. I think we need pass rushers. Okay. Out, either outside linebacker or defensive end. We just need pass rushers. Because when J.J. Watt gets hurt again this season for a game or two <laughs> in week 11, when he goes out, man, we have nothing. If it's You know, Merciless is getting double teamed at that point, and he's not good enough to be double teams. He's good enough to play on the other side of a guy like J.J. Watt. So I, I'm just hoping for a pass rusher. Fair play. I think that's, I like a, good, that. that's a good assessment. Are you rolling? Who do you like for the Cowboys' first round pick? Uh, you know, I have a couple of different scenarios. I have my dream scenario, who I would like to fall to the Cowboys. Let I, me hear I the think dream. we talked a lot about this. The dream for me, and again, I think it's I'm just overly hyped up on this guy. I love the receivers in this year's draft, but just with, you know, recency bias, if you will, with Tyreek Hill tearing up the league, um, I, I like Henry Ruggs. I would love for Henry Ruggs to, to fall to the Cowboys. It's been a while since we've – I don't know the last time that we've had a guy that can take the, the top off of a defense kind of like him or an explosive guy that can operate out of the slot kind of like him. So take I definitely him. think Henry Ruggs pairing him with, uh, <laughs> with Cooper and Michael Gallup would be a dream scenario for me. Most realistic, though, I think we've seen – we talked about it earlier, Xavier McKinney. Uh, out of Alabama as a safety, even though we did get uh, Ha Ha Clinton and Dix, I, I do think that we need another safety opposite of him. I, I don't know they're as confident in Xavier Woods or Jeff Heath. Uh, and then the other guy that I want to see drafted, because obviously we lost Byron Jones, uh, was Trayvon Diggs or some cornerback. I want to see a cornerback drafted for sure. Uh, we need, need to address losing Byron Jones in free agency to Miami. I, for uh, me, like you said, the dream, I would like to see Ruggs. Uh, that would be an awesome one-two punch with Cooper and him. I don't know who's going to be able to defend that. And then you got Gallup coming in for another year. I would like to see that for Dak. How, you know. um, but Hopefully that, Dak could use him. When, when y'all said dream properly. scenario, I thought y'all were hoping that you traded your first-round pick for Adams, the safety out of the Jets. No. All the, I, all the hype will do. out of that. Yeah. Would that be yeah. better than any draft pick? Would you all be on board with that over any draft pick? I'd like to see points. I would <laughs> I would be okay with that, you know, contingent on, you know, him signing long term. Because, you know, we, we almost ran into that scenario this year with Amari Cooper. We traded a first round for Amari and then it came down to the nitty gritty if we were gonna sign him or not. How bad would that have looked if we gave up a first round? for a year and a half of Amari Cooper mm -hmm. uh, and to see him walk somewhere else. So I definitely think there needs to be some assurances for Jamal Adams, but he is a Texas guy. He is a Texas guy, so he might be inclined to, to sign long-term with the Cowboys. I, I would like that. Thanks for bringing that up. That could be another draft another draft day name. Yeah, I, 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 think, like I think that we're going to see – I think that we're going to see at least – damn, this might be bold, but I think at least two trades in the first round. Okay. I can see that. I don't know how many normally happen. There's been years where we have a bunch that year where all the quarterbacks went, Trubisky, Mahomes, and Watson. There's been years where we don't have much. I can see at least two this year. There's a lot of talent there. For also, receiver, for receiver, it's going to be interesting who's the first guy to go. Like, You think the Raiders are going to pick the first guy? And if, is I it going to be C.D. Lamb? Is it going to be Ruggs? 
I think it's was... either C.D. Lamb or, or Jerry Judy. Those are the two guys that I've seen linked as being the, the first uh, receiver taken. I, I don't think there's any way that Judy makes it past the top 20. I think somebody's going to take him, whether that's the 49ers or if he falls to the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the first team to take a receiver, I think that's a good question. I, I do think the Raiders end up taking a receiver. If anybody takes one before that, I, I don't know. It could start a domino effect, too, though, if the Raiders do it. I could see teams yeah. right that's after a, that. Like I said, I have the, another, the 49ers getting a receiver. I have the Eagles getting a receiver. So. All right, so since we're on the receiver talk, who's the more complete receiver coming out of this draft, Judy or Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb? Uh, I, th I think the order that that goes in is probably uh, Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb, then Henry Ruggs. I, I, I just give the edge to Judy in terms of being a natural route runner. I think he's probably the, the best route best runner, runner out of the group. Um, and in terms of the overall package, though, I, I would probably have to go with C.D. Lamb. You know, he's 6'2". He's a pretty good route runner. He's good size. at going up and getting... He's good at going up and getting the 50-50 balls. But the real, the thing that I really do like about C.D. Lamb uh, more than any of the other three uh, would probably be his talent with the ball after the catch. He had an insane, I, I just found the stat, I was looking for it before the podcast, uh, was uh, 21 yards after the catch. Average? I, I, know that's, average? I know that's playing in, yeah, average. Oh, I know that's playing in a wide open offense. That's a wide-open offense at Oklahoma. But just think about 21 yards after the catch. I mean, he has to make one or two guys miss on his own, regardless of what kind of offense you're in. If you have that kind of talent, I want you on my team. Okay. So I, I do like C.D. Lamb a lot. Um, but just most ready to, to translate to the NFL, probably Jerry Judy, just because he's going to be able to get open just on route running alone. Okay. What about you, Ben? Yeah. Most complete receiver? Matt, I'd, I'd probably go with Judy also. But the thing with all three of those guys is, and both of those schools, you really can't miss when you draft a receiver from Oklahoma or Alabama, bro. No. You know? that Maybe they're not all going to be Julio Jones, but it's not going to be no Darius Hayward Bay, you know, I that you're taking three gonna push be around. You know, I they're going to be good. It's not going to be a Baylor receiver, a TCU yeah. receiver. These are, these are NFL guys. Okay. For sure. I agree. I agree. I think they're all three going to be future Pro Bowlers, uh, at least at some point in their careers. Yeah. And as far as running back goes, who's the most complete running back, Swift, Dobbins, or Taylor out of Wisconsin? I'd probably have to go Swift out of Georgia, just because he can he can do every every aspect of, of the the running game. He can he can block for you, uh, provide some protection for your quarterback. Obviously, running. Uh, is a strength of his, and you know, catching the ball out of the backfield is another strength. And I think you need to have all three of those things to to be a complete running back in the NFL today. I, I definitely like him, but sleeper out of that group, I do like Taylor out of Wisconsin. I, I do think he's a better receiver than people give him credit for, and he's already a, a good natural runner. So I do think he's going to make a name for himself at the next level. I like yeah, Swift I think... too. I think he's running that pro style offense, so it's. It's going to be the easiest to adjust as far as these receiver, uh, running backs go. I know Dobbins is always in the spread for the most part, so he's not going to have the easiest transition. Well, we'll see. What about you, Ben? Uh, Dobbins is actually my favorite guy, but I think the consensus for sure is Swift. Yeah. I think everybody's everybody's consensus is Swift as the overall guy and another place where it's like a running back factory. 
every year. You know, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia running backs. Georgia running backs are 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 put to use in the NFL. So is uh, Georgia, boys. is Georgia running back university? Mm, man, that's a good question. I mean, as of late, I, I think you'd kind of have to give it to them just because of yeah. how successful Nick Chubb has been and how successful. Girlies, I'm blanking Michelle. out on his name. Um, Michelle, the guy with the Patriots, Sony Michelle. Michelle. There you go. Been pretty successful. Either, I would Lee, say either them or or Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Uh, Melvin Gordon, as of rec- as of late. I think this guy's going to be good too, uh, Taylor. Taylor. I think he's going to be good. They just got to get on the right team. I think if you go the past five years, it's kind of the Georgia though. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I definitely have to agree. And uh, another top I'm going to go with is uh, best quarterback out of the draft. Pure, the best pure arm talent right now. Quarterback, best pure arm talent. Uh, I, we talked about it in the beginning. It's, it's Tua. Tua for sure. Um, all day. I, I just watching, just watching his ball, watching the ball coming out of his hands. I think it's the most enjoyable out of any quarterback. Just the best pure passer there is. Uh, it's Tua for me, yeah, at like, least. I like him too. That D ball is pretty nice as far as Tua goes. I don't think anybody's throwing a nicer D ball out of the upcoming draft picks than he is. Yeah. I'll go with two two. All right, now we're gonna go over to the, our NFL over unders. Um, what are y'all's picks that stand out? Two or three? Give me two or three that stand out for you. Yeah, so you know, just looking at the over unders, obviously, I think the the one that popped out to everybody was seeing how low the Patriots were ranked by Vegas in terms of their over under. I've seen eight and a half. I've seen nine. Eight and a half, nine seems to be where they're at right now. That one's really stuck out to me. I think there's a lot of unknown um, until we know what happens with the draft, who their quarterback is going to end up being. But if you're just looking at it static, everything as it is right now, they're going into the, the season with who they have a quarterback and they don't address it in the draft. Um, I, I do think looking at them at under eight and a half or nine is a pretty good bet. Um, just looking at their schedule, they have a couple tough um, road games. They, they have the Texans on the road, the Chiefs on the oh, road, definitely. the Chargers on the road, yeah, uh, the Rams on the road. Uh, that's a, a pretty tough schedule for them, just going on the road without Tom Brady at, their, at the helm for quarterback. Uh, the other one that I looked at that I really liked, and again, this is just everything static as is right now, um, is the Chiefs over 11 and a half. I think they they get a, a really nice home schedule. They're re- already good at home as it is to begin with. But the teams that they have at home this year are the Texans, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Jets. Outside of their normal division games, so I think there's a really good chance they win all of those games. And then on the road, it's the Bucks, the Saints, the Dolphins, and the Bills among their other. Um, division games. So I like the Chiefs at over 11 and a half. Uh, this is a little bit juicy, but I, I don't think there's a way that they lose the division. Is the Chiefs do- to win the division? Right now, the juice or the VIG is uh, 350, minus 350. Uh, you're going to be paying a little bit, drinking a little bit of juice, but I think that's one that you can bet, put it away, and you're not thinking about that for the rest of the year because yeah, nobody just, else is going to win that division besides the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Unless Mahomes goes down for the season, which I hope that doesn't happen. But 
even even with him down for the season, they I was gonna say the same thing, and then I thought back, even with him down, they pulled off games. Yeah, with division. Matt Moore at quarterback. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the other one to close it out for the futures, because uh, I think we'll talk about this more in depth after the draft, um, and as we get closer to the season, is uh, you know staying in the AFC East as the uh, the Bills from Orchard Park there in Buffalo. I like them to win the division. They're the, the slight favorite right now at like plus 127 I saw yesterday on five dimes then I also like them over nine games I think they get to nine it's a they can push at nine games they can go nine and seven and push for you which is fine uh, but I do think there's a road for them to get to ten they have the Chargers the Rams the Seahawks the Steelers and the Chiefs at home I think they win a couple of those games I, I, I don't think they beat the Chiefs although there's a good chance they beat them at home that's going to be uh, a good game. It's going to be a yeah. nasty game. When is that? What month? Does it uh, say? The, the official schedule is not out yet. The official oh, okay. schedule is going to come out the first or second week of May. But we do have the home and aways, which is what I was reading off. And then yeah. on the road, they got the Raiders, the Niners, the Titans, the Broncos, and the Cardinals. So I think they can beat the Broncos and the Cardinals, uh, maybe the Raiders, uh, and then give them losses against the, the 49ers and maybe the Titans. So I do think there's a road for them to get to 10. Uh, so I, I like the Bills this year, but a lot of it I think depends on is Josh Allen your guy? I think the defense is there. The defense is always going to be there for them, and they have a good home field advantage. But um, are you guys sold on Josh Allen? I, I, I like him as a game manager. He's an athletic kind of guy, make throws on the run, but – much more than that, I'm not sure. And they added Stefan Diggs. So they're, they're going to ask him to do a lot this year, Stefan Diggs, and they're going to expect um, Josh Allen to hit him on those throws. So I know he has the arm strength to hit him over the top, you know. But um, would, I, would I want Josh Allen on my team? As a backup, maybe. I don't know if I find Oh, him. wow. Yeah. That's, that's disrespectful. No, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but <laughs> y'all really want him starting on your team? I Hell don't. yeah, bro. I, I like him as a starter. He, he's he's a gamer, man. He's a gamer. He's, he's, he's not going to slide. He's got the awesome size and everything, but I'm, I'm not keeping him on my team. But he can run. He, he'll 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 get better with, at his accuracy with time, but, I mean, he's got all the intangibles, and he's already winning. Yeah, they're winning ugly. Yeah, you know but, what? I would. But in the fourth quarter, when they need to play, shoot, even that game against you all was. Uh, it might have been Thanksgiving Day. Did y'all play them? Yeah, they beat us. Yeah, he had a drive at the end. I mean, because it was a close game in the fourth quarter, and yeah, yeah, he did. But, he had several games. I, what I would have liked to see for Josh Allen was for him to go to a team where he didn't have to start right away. I would have liked to see him learn a little bit more than just get thrust into there mm. the way he has been. Unfortunately, that's the that's name why of the we've game. seen him yeah. at those you know, the lower caliber. Yeah, yeah. but what he's done what he's done for the position that he got put in, I would say is pretty good. I mean he got Buffalo back in the playoffs. It's been a while. Now we're talking about the division being theirs for the taking. Yeah. I mean, and you wouldn't have Josh Allen starting on I, as a backup uh, for my team? I mean, I'm, I'm sure Dak. I'm going to go with Dak. Josh Allen. I'm sure the Jets. I'm saying, Jet I'm saying, on, you're, you're going to tell me you're going to put okay, Josh so Allen Josh. over Deshaun? Josh Allen. No, no. that's why where I said my rank? team. I said my team. Well, oh, but he's where, better than Dak. Where I mean, do you rank uh, Josh Allen in the, his division? He's the second best quarterback. And the AFC East? 
Oh yeah, I think he might be the first. He's yeah, third. He's probably, the now, Brady he's probably the first. Yeah, I thought he's your boy. Donald's yeah, your Justin. Donald's your boy. Not yeah, my Josh boy. Allen's the best quarterback <laughs> in the division. Boy. No, Donald's not my boy. <laughs> anyway. He's good, man. Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a good quarterback. Now he has a legit receiver. He had a bunch of little scat back receivers and yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he he's bad. Team. I just meant for my team, I'm not putting him on my team as the starter. That's where I was coming from. Gives him a number one target to throw to, and it helps with his development. Yeah. I think it, it will help a lot having a number one guy there for you. For sure. Even thing, throwing uh, him shorter passes, he can take it. Diggs can Diggs can fly. The other thing, Roland, that uh, you didn't mention about the Chiefs, which uh, I thought you should have, was the uh, returning starters. Like you told me. Oh yeah, day. yeah. So that that's another thing that kind of plays into that over eleven and a half, and then also. The minus 350 to win the division is they have 20 of 22 uh, returning starters. That's kind of the hot stat that's been thrown around right now. I think I saw that on ESPN uh, the other day. Uh, 20 of 22 guys coming back from their Super Bowl team. And uh, you think about it, uh, they have a young team. They're not, you know, an aging team where they have a lot of guys on their, their last legs. They have a bunch of guys entering or in the middle of their prime. So uh, it's going to be a scary sight to see. Especially with Mahomes taking another step forward. You know, I, on, on those guys returning, is Watkins one of them coming back? I think he is. I, I think Watkins is coming back. Uh, I don't know who the two guys that they lost were, actually. Uh, the only reason I asked uh, is because I saw some, something towards the end of the season that he was going to take some time off or, or No, but that's like a stat that you hear about the Patriots or something. To hear it about the Chiefs is impressive, and that's from a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. Yep. Definitely what you want. This is their window to reel off some some championships. Definitely think they're the favorites going into this next year. So. All right. Next topic, um, we covered a little bit about the Patriots. So let's do Brady versus Belichick. Who's going to have the better 2020? Oh Brady for sure, no doubt. I'm about. gonna have, I'm gonna have to agree with Ben. I'm going with Brady too, until the the Chief, or not the Chiefs, excuse me, until the Patriots decide who's playing quarterback for them, it's Brady. I, that might change if they sign Cam or or one of these other guys out there, but right now Brady's gonna have a better year than Belichick. I couldn't agree more. I think Brady has the tools out there. Mike Evans, Connor Braid, and. Uh, Alabama's tight end, Chris Godwin. Jordan Howard, and then Godwin. Don't forget Chris Godwin. They're, the tools are there. I, I saw that they're, they're, uh, they have O.J. Howard on the trade block, which was surprising. O.J. Howard is I know, they, I know they have a couple of tight ends, like Brakes there also, but O.J. Howard personally is my favorite one as far as what he can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the Bucks as a dark horse to, to make some noise in that uh, NFC conference. I don't know if they're going to win the division because I think the Saints are still a strong you, ball you club. You still see the Saints over the Bucks now? Uh, I still think the Saints will still win the division, but uh, I, I do think the Bucks are going to make the playoffs and they can make some noise. I mean, you just think about the amount of games. that, the, And, again, I like Jameis Winston, but if you think about the games that the Bucks lost, Man, they were playing from behind because of Jameis a lot. I mean, regardless of what you want to say, if you like him or not, unlucky or lucky, whatever, um, they were playing from behind a lot. And if any other quarterback that doesn't turn over the ball like that was their QB, they, they might have won that game. So oh, yeah. if you're telling me you're going to replace Jameis, who throws 30 picks, with Brady, who will probably throw under 10 picks, I I'm going to go with the Bucks having a better year than the, the Patriots. I'm with it. Yeah. 
You are you I'm excited that? for football. You're with it too. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it also, bro. I have Brady. I have Brady going deep in the playoffs. I'm not talking Super Bowl, but he'll be playing. I think he'll be in the NFC title game. The Bucks are going to be. They're going to be dangerous. Okay. Dangerous. I think they will. And I, I just don't think that if Brady. If Brady, like what he was able to do, I don't think there's a quarterback that could go into the Patriots and fill in and pick up everything. Obviously, yeah, Brady's on his, you know, father time is, is starting, I guess, to catch up to him, it looks like, with this past season. But he didn't have the greatest of weapons there. No, he didn't. You know? Oh, no. Julian Edelman was his best receiver. So yeah. Right there. And, uh, man, and it's not enough has been said about it, but that second rounder that they traded for Sanu, I mean, damn. That was a bad trade. That yeah. was a pretty bad trade looking back at it. Yeah, Sanu didn't do anything but, for them. But that's how desperate they were. That's how desperate they were, bro. Yeah. I mean, they had Antonio Brown, and they let him go. And, and him and Brady were kind of electric together that one game. Granted, it was against Miami, but, but there they had saw some pretty something. good success. Yeah. yeah, so imagine if Antonio Brown had stayed. So, yeah, what could have been? Is Antonio Brown going to play this year? Are we going to see him on a team? Man, I hope so. I'm still an Antonio Brown fan. I like him as a player. There's been no drop off athletically. It's just, it's just all it's about the locker room and whether or not you want to take on that kind of a risk. Because regardless of what you want to say about the guy's talent, he is kind of risky bringing into your locker room. Just for, it's sorry. It's just he's his attitude or what whatever's gotten into him over the past couple of years. I've noticed as a fan because I, I follow this guy. He's changed. I don't know what it is, but he just kind of seems like a different guy than he was a couple of years ago, even after experiencing the success with the Steelers. There's something off about him recently, and I just can't put my finger on it. So. I, know, I know people joke, and they call it the, the perfect effect. After yeah, he got maybe, hit that's by perfect, it it's yeah. been a little different. Maybe. After he was laying on the field for a couple couple minutes, so he was rethinking some things, but um, I I would take the risk on him just because I still think he's a top-end oh, yeah. talent. He, now, granted, receiver is probably one of the deepest positions in the league. Mm-hmm. He's still a top-ten guy, top-five, depending on your preference. Now, he's uh, a guy you can insert in your offense at any time. Yeah, he, he's, he's still that kind of guy. So I hope to see him in the league. Whether or not he's going to be there, I can't answer that. I, it's, it's 50-50 for me. I, I can't make a confident bet. I think my uh, early prediction is no, but there's a lot of time. Summer hasn't even started yet. So. Yeah, and we could see him maybe not start with the team, but then come on before playoffs to help a team out. Right. I, I think like I, I, I'm, I don't see him on a team at the start of the season, but I could see him on a team by the end of the season. All right. I'll go with you. I'm with you. Anyway, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as NFL goes? Anything we missed or anything else mm-hmm. you want to cover? The one thing was there was a little bit of noise about OBJ and the OBJ trade, and then today it came out the Browns just saying that it was all completely false. They've never hey, shot around. I've heard around. that before. I've heard the Giants said the same thing. Uh, David yeah. Gettleman came out and said the same thing, and then traded him like two or three days later. So yeah, I don't knows? believe it. And the the Vikings got a lot in that Diggs pick, so I could th- those two teams being linked. It just it kind of just makes you mm-hmm. want to believe it. You know what I mean? Because it makes so much sense. And who did the the Vikings hire as their head coach? I know he's a former offensive coordinator. I just can't remember what team he was with as an offensive coordinator. Um, he's a first time head coach, but um, I know he's going to be looking for some new toys to to play with now that yeah. they lost Diggs. But no, I think we covered all of the NFL really. I mean, um, 
I hope there's NFL. I, I think there will be. I know the coronavirus and the quarantine, everything's going on, but uh, I definitely think uh, we covered it all for now. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right. Um, well, let's uh, move on to our MMA preview. It's been a while since we had a mm-hmm. UFC event, a Bellator event, hell, even a local event. It's been a minute. Um, so, with you know, not much to say. Let's let's fantasy book a little bit. What uh, what fight do you want to see the most coming out next? Personally. Mm-hmm. Ben, what, what well, do you want to see? Off of the what's been, I guess, leaked, uh, Brett Akimoto off ESPN leaked that uh, card that they're trying to work on for May 9th. And it changed from what was for the card that was supposed to be last night. Uh, I know, like, uh, Nunez got added, I believe, to this Yeah, one. I saw that. Uh, Cejudo and Cruz got added to, to this one. A couple of different fights and a couple stayed on, uh, stayed on the card, so... From the new ones that I saw, I think that it's ridiculous, but it's like, all right, let's just have it happen so that this dude can fight was the Cejudo and Cruz. I saw like two weeks ago, Cruz went live with Helwani yeah. on one of the on the ESPN MMA page on Instagram, and he started lobbying for the title shot on <laughs> mid-interview, and I I was I could not believe what this. This dude was talking about like you haven't fought in three years, and he's talking about all oh, these guys are locked out of the country. You know, because Cejudo was supposed to be scheduled to fight Aldo. Yeah. And then Peter Yan That's would be even next. A, a sham. Even that the... one, right? But then Peter Yan would be an, uh, another one of the top contenders. And Aldo's knocked out also. But, like, Aljamain Sterling is here. You know, he's been active. He's been fighting. And then he started with, oh, well, you know, I, th- I threw the word out. And, you know, they kind of owe it to me. I've been calling fights. And I'm a top cal- caliber fighter, whatever, whatever. A couple of weeks ago, and uh, I didn't put much behind it. And now, Okamoto tweets that that that's the actual title fight, bro. It's ridiculous. It's I know, ridiculous. I know they try and drive viewership, but Matt, it's just very, 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 very disrespectful to the system and the, the whole ranking process uh, to just overlook Aljamain Sterling and all that he's done in the past one to two years. And give that fight to Cruz. I know you're trying to sell fights, and Cruz is obviously going to sell fights. He has a pretty strong fan base. Like Ben just mentioned, he's been calling fights, so he's a fresh name in the name of a lot of general uh, common MMA fan name or fan fans' heads. Excuse me. So I think that's a good fight. But uh, out of the out of the list of fights that got released for May the 9th, the one that I'm kind of looking forward to is uh, Donald Cerrone and, and Anthony Pettis. Uh, their last five fights, they both have losing records. I think last three, I think they, they're both winless. I think it's a little bit more important for Cerrone because of his age, but the same regard, I think it's a must-win fight for Anthony Pettis. You know, he had that big, shock, shocking win against uh, Stephen Thompson a couple of, uh, I think it's been about a year or so ago. I, I can't remember the, the timeline, but it's been a few fights. It was his first fight at welterweight, right? Yeah. Um, and he was he was getting torched. I thought before that fight, before that sequence happened, where he knocked him out with a Superman punch. And then you look at his Ferguson fight, which I thought was pretty good, but Ferguson obviously ended up winning that fight. Um, so for Pettis, I, I think he definitely uh, needs to come out strong and, and get a dub. But Cerrone, I, I think you're looking at a curtain call if he loses this fight. Uh, I don't think it's retirement, but I think you start thinking that that kind of route 
uh, if you don't win this fight and depending how you lose this fight. Because if you look at his last two, his last two more so for me are a little bit more telling the, um, what was it, just uh, uh, Gaethy, that fight, it was hard mm-hmm. to watch for me, uh, seeing Cerrone go out there. And then what was the other fight before that? And then the, the Connor fight. I mean, the, sh- the shoulder strike might have been a little bit of a bad luck uh, kind of a thing, but uh, the, it, he just didn't look very good. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that fight. I'm a big Cowboy fan. I want to see him win. But at the same time, nobody's walked into the ring more times than he has in UFC history. So you have to think that's catching up to him. So yeah, I'm, I'm they, looking forward yeah, to that they fight. definitely need to start booking him like the way that they're booking Diego Sanchez and not booking yeah. him. Yeah, give him some winnable fights. Like, like they're booking, you know, these top these top end guys because he's not that anymore. Yeah, I love the guy. But they they yeah. gave him they gave him the Connor fight. Now it's time to just you know this yeah, fight against sure. Pettis. This fight against Pettis is a pretty good fight. I I think that he can win. I think Definitely. it's a fair matchup. I really do. But here's the thing: if if Cerrone does get knocked out, you got to have that conversation with him. That we're gonna start taking some fighters that you know aren't at the same caliber now for you. They're definitely not cutting Cerrone. No, they're not. No, and they're uh, definitely he's not. The they're definitely not forcing him to retire either. No, they're just like I said. They would start booking him like they're booking Diego Sanchez. I, I see that. Now let's say he gets subbed by some reason. Do you think they book him still that way? If he gets book him what way? Uh, it, it, it depends if how, how he looks. Like if, if he comes out as a competitive fight, then he He's gets subbed. Get subbed. Then no, I, I, think I, I don't think so either. Looking. I think the only chance he loses is by knockout. I think he can win. I, I think he wins. I think that there's more of a chance of Pettis. Like his brother already left the Bellator. I'm not sure what his contract yeah, looks like. Future but if you don't, if, if you don't, if you don't beat Cerrone, man, there's not much left for you in the in the UFC at your age. Maybe. You know, obviously the UFC has the more, most talented guys. I, I maybe he'd go to PFL and just try out win a mill. It's just crazy how win a how mil. much. Um, at least for me, because I, I think about it like in terms of business and like first, first to market. You know, Anthony Pettis was kind of like that the first guy, the, one of the first you know MMA superstars, and then he, he's just gotten passed by by a bunch of guys and it's kind of surprising to see that happen i thought he'd be more of a um a more a highly regarded name in mma today just based on where he started back in the wec days um so that's kind of surprising for me to see but that's just that's the fight game i guess well you know the fight for me that i'm just looking forward to is ferguson gaethje uh just to be honest, I don't like the fight. I don't like this fight for Ferguson. I really don't. I don't. I would have held out. I wish he would have held out for Khabib. I don't want to see him, by some chance, get hit, get rocked, and there goes the whole Khabib chance. That's the fight I want to see most. And so I am looking forward to it because I want to see a dub for him. But at the same time, I feel like it's it's not right that he has to. Why why isn't Khabib fighting? You know why is he not uh, taking on somebody in between this time before the rematch or? It's just not fair for Ferguson in my eyes. I'm, I'm champion. Shame champion. on Khabib. I'm, I'm Shame with on Khabib. you, but Shame that's on. on. I'm with you, but that's on Ferguson. He doesn't have to fight. I mean, he just wants to. He didn't have to make weight, and he made weight. That was awesome. Like, 
Does that like, affect his body in any way? Like, still going yeah, and making no, weight sir, and putting him through that? That was what and, I was going to say, that, because this May 9th card's three weeks away. So Yeah, just, yeah, you just went through hell to, to make 155. And, and in his interview, he was saying that he started cutting from 179 to make 155. So now what's he going to get back up to? And then suppose if that fight goes down in three weeks, he's going to get back down to 155? That's, that's a dangerous game to be playing. Like, I wasn't worried about him fighting. Uh, Gaethje, I thought he was going to walk through Gaethje, but now it's kind of like, it's like the little, you know, the yeah. little unknown factor of weight cutting, you know, twice. I get, the, I get the champ shit only thing, but I definitely, I was thinking about that whole thing, everybody was getting hyped up about him still making weight, but the, Ben just brought up, you got to fight in three weeks. Why, why are you doing that? I, I don't now, understand it. if he does it, it and, and, and beats him still, he's a legend. <laughs> That's champ shit only, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's champ shit only for real. But if he does th- what he did and then loses, and then all that you're going to hear about is that. That's all you're going to hear about. That's crazy, man. But How it sucked, it sucked energy out of him and he wasn't himself in there. The last thing we need is him looking like Woodley against Usman. Mm-hmm. With so, with Gaethje's pressure, you know what I mean. Let's just say Gaethje pulls it out. Do we see uh, another booking of Khabib and Tony Ferguson? Nah, I think no. they, they'd have Gaethje fight. They'd have. I think they'd have Gaethje fight Khabib, and I actually think that they would have Connor fight Ferguson. Nah, if Ferguson not. gets knocked out, if Ferguson gets knocked out, Connor would be chomping at the bit to get in there. I yeah, hate that. I, this is not a really a good win-win many situation for Ferguson at all. It's nope. not. No, definitely nope. not. But if you win, all you're that at the same is, spot you were before it happened. Yeah, it's yeah. all been the hardest path. He's been winning more fans throughout the weeks. That, yeah, but he's definitely giving himself the hardest path. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have taken the Gaethje fight, but that's why Tony Ferguson's Tony Ferguson, and I'm not. So Yeah, yeah. one of a kind. All right, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Um, what are you all watching this week on TV? Give, some, give the people something to watch. Well, I don't think I don't know if I'm giving anybody anything to watch. I think everybody's already looking forward to it. It's uh, the Last Dance tonight. The the, the Michael Jordan 1997-1998 uh, uh, Bulls Last Championship Run, that a uh, ten part documentary on ESPN. I'm gonna be plugged in tonight, so that's what I'll be doing. Two episodes yeah, a week. Yep. Yeah, two episodes a week for five weeks. That's not bad. I'm ready for that. Apparently, Michael Jordan is afraid of the... Not afraid, but he's just saying that people are going to think about him in a negative light after watching some of this footage. Well, we might which, see the real fr- Michael, not the Space Jam well, Michael. Quite frankly, I want to see that. That's what I want to see. I don't, I don't really care if he comes out as an asshole or whatever, because, I mean, he has six rings. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care. I want to see, see the man that wants six rings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see that. So, Michael Jordan, stuff of legend. I mean, you hear about all the things like, well, why did he really take that time off? Yeah. I mean, will they get into that? I don't know. So, I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm, I'm a big Jordan fan. I always have been. I, I still have his uh, black Chicago Bulls jersey uh, right. chilling at home. So, I like that. What about you, Ben? You got anything to watch this week? Uh, uh, if you haven't seen Dave... Yeah, I've been on Dave since you told me. Midweek, Dave. Dave's Dave's a good show to watch. Um, I'm gonna be watching the same thing. I'm not a big Jordan fan, not a Bulls fan. 
Um, I was a Stockton and Malone fan, and he, <laughs> he he gave them the business. But I will be watching. Definitely, I I read. I was reading up about it this morning actually, and they were talking about how he's been sitting on all this footage for a while, and he he released it. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, something. he knows what it is. So if he's saying that people are going to look at him in a different way, a lot of us that in the basketball community or, you know, that, that are into that kind of stuff know that he's, I mean, he's not talked about as the best person ever, you know, with that whole thing with Chameleon Air telling yeah. Chameleon to take pictures with dudes and him putting money into prisons and stuff. But, I mean, he's a goat, right? So let, let, let's see what it's all about. Yeah. Hopefully it's not proof to everything everybody's been saying. Yeah, and, I, think, and, I don't think it'd be that. And, you know, I think Justin brought it up, too. It's like it's not the whole Space Jam Michael Jordan that we're going to be seeing in this thing. So that's kind of exciting because that's a, a side that we haven't seen yet. It's just all been kind of rumor and hearsay. Uh, but this is just me, you know, product of me and the age that I was during that time. So 98, I was like six years old. So I, Jordan was kind of like the first basketball player that I kind of recognized and remembered his name so he always resonated with me growing up but i had no idea that there was that internal strife between the team and the general manager uh, jerry kraus at the time i think that's his name um at the time kind of wanting to break up the team and whatnot and they kind of alluded to that in the espn preview that they showed um that they knew that going into this year six the last dance that this was going to be their last go around because the gm wanted to break them up uh, for whatever reason. So I never knew that stuff was going on. So I'm kind of interested to learn a little bit more because, like I said, I was like six or seven when that stuff was really happening. I just knew Jordan and the, the spectacle and the icon that he was. So I'm kind of excited to see um, what that was really about. Yeah, I'm expecting to learn a lot. Like I said, I wasn't a big fan, but I respect and appreciate it all. So um, um, it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of information that I didn't know before, for sure. Yeah. yeah, same thing for me, uh, basketball then, I didn't know the ins and outs, I didn't know what I was really seeing other than Jordan putting the ball in the hoop, so I'm going to get to see it from a GM perspective, we get to see all that, it's going to be nice.